What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Welcome to a new episode of the Fatherhood Podcast. I want to take a moment to just thank everyone for their patience during this little break. Um, we had some technical issues with my computer, so I had to get that resolved. And also, just it's good to just take a little break and just disconnect. But I'm back. I'm excited about today's episode as well as the episodes I have coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, today, we're going to talk to my man, Yancey Merchant. He's an author, entrepreneur, uh, successful businessman, and as well as an outstanding father. So hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is a Fatherhood Podcast. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Jamar Hudson, and you're in the fatherhood. As a new member of the hood, my goal is to use this podcast as a platform to talk about my journey as a new father. Part therapeutic, part informative, part educational. My goal is to talk about everything, from adjusting and getting no sleep, to changing diapers, and just hoping I get everything right. This podcast will be a space to talk about the joys, challenges, and fears of being a first-time father. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Fatherhood Podcast. I'm happy to be joined today by an author, entrepreneur, CEO, leader, and, and the man who still has all the room keys, my man, Yancey Merchant. Welcome to the Fatherhood Podcast. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? How you doing? Appreciate you, man. Thanks thanks so much for joining me. For First of all, let's just jump right into our conversation, my man. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, all right. Well, uh, like you said, you know, Yancey Merchant uh, from Queens, New York. Uh, Went to graduate from Hampton University uh, in 2005. Um, I started my own business my freshman year uh, with a couple of my my closest friends uh, called at the time uh, Straight Face Entertainment, where uh, we basically threw parties and made money doing it uh, officially. Right. Um, you know, from there I went on and um, incorporated the business. By the time I was a senior, uh, ended up starting. Um, ended up starting. Uh, creating scholarships and internship opportunities for uh, my peers and, uh, you know, students that uh, ended up coming after me. And uh, fast forward, uh, I ended up being a high school teacher upon graduation. Uh, Then I had my first son uh, in 2009. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then my daughter in 2011. Uh, When my daughter was, uh, when my uh, ex-wife was pregnant with my daughter, I um, ended up moving back to New York, uh, working for the city. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I was a father of two for for, for a pretty long time. And then, uh, you know, me and my wife uh, uh, didn't work out. Uh, so I ended up remarrying uh, in 2019. Um, and uh, my current wife uh, had two boys that I was raising since they were four and two. So I ended up being a fa- wow. father of four uh, rather quickly. And then I just had my uh, my newest addition, uh, Miss Dakota J, in uh, April April first of twenty twenty. So she just turned one. So now I am Yancey Merchant, father of five. Wow, the, that, that's awesome, man. So so when you talk about you know, think about fatherhood and your role as um, a parent and as a dad, what does what does fatherhood mean to you? Uh, I mean, fatherhood to me uh, means uh, leading by example. You know, you got to You got to be an example for your for your children. Um, they look at everything you do and everything you don't do. Um, they listen to what you're saying, but they also watch what you're doing as well. So being a father just means that, you know, being that ultimate role model, um, 
being able to um, have a child and and do things for them and create a path for them that you know you may have had for yourself or didn't have for yourself i think that um you know being that father uh, allows for you to do that and um allows you to also grow as a man um and also be a foundation for your family now as you as you um talk about setting that foundation for your for your family man if you think back to your upbringing and you know as, as you got older and decided you wanted to become a father you know, who were some role models in fatherhood that you looked up to and wanted to pattern your approach to to being a father after? Um, well, I would say I definitely. Um, well, I actually I, I talk about this, you know, pretty often to to uh, students that I talk to now. Um, like my my father, well, my stepfather, who was pretty much around since I was what maybe like four or five years old, kind of like I am with mm-hmm. with, with my uh, stepchildren. Um. I really didn't really understand or appreciate what he did for me as, as that, that, uh, protector role until I was basically an adult. Um, right. You know, like my, um, I, I never called him dad, but I know that he was the father of my household and the father that I had with me. Um, but as I got older, I realized what he did and what he provided for the family. Like he wasn't the, the most loving person. He didn't really talk that much, but he made sure we had a roof over our head. He made sure we were good. You know, um, you know, money was never an issue. Um, I know because of that, I am very loving and very hands-on with my children as far as like being actively involved in things that they're doing because I didn't really have that as much. Um, right. So I think it was kind of like a twofold because I, I do have a great appreciation for my stepfather for what he did and what, you know, what, what he was doing at the time. Um, and then even to this day, you know, uh, you know, now we have a, we have a different relationship now where I kind of confide in him about being a father myself. And that's why I think that now he plays like a, a, a different role than he did when I was growing up. Um, and then also my grandfather as well. He also played a very big role, um, as in, in my life, as far as what it takes to be a man. And, um, one thing I always tell like my, my, my interns in college is you got to learn how to cook, you know, cause I, and that came from my grandfather. Mm-hmm teaching me how to cook and you know just just as a man and and when you're, when you're around women and women see that a man can cook it just steps your game up another level um so like you know that's the type of things that my that, that my grandfather taught me um and then I had uncles around too that were there um you know that were father figures I would say in my life that uh made sure that you know I, I stayed focused wasn't out in the streets and you know just kind of staying around my cousins but not staying around the bad crowd you know so I had like a combination of different people that serve different roles as a, as a father for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And looking back, you were talking about the relationship between you and your stepfather and the moment you kind of realized all the things that, you know, he had done for you um, to help you out. Was there a specific moment where the kind of the light bulb went off where you kind of understood some of the things that maybe when you were young you didn't really realize? Um, Was it a light bulb? Um, I, I would say... I mean, definitely, you know, me, me becoming a father, um, was one of the, one of the first light bulbs. Um, when, when finances and being a responsible adult, I think that was probably like one of the, 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 the first times where I was like, no, nah, I need to, I need to call my homie up. Like, cause right, right. because I, 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 you know, me and my mother are close, but she, she, and she was, a, you know, she worked 20 years for the city and, you know, had her own money. But 
when I started to talk to my mother about certain finances and stuff, it just felt like the conversation was a little different. Like she got into mother mode as far mm. as I'm just going to take care of you and make sure that you're good. And I wasn't really what I was looking for. I was looking for the how, you know, like, all right, how, how, how does this get done? How do, how do I, you know, make sure that everything is balanced? Like I knew how to pay bills, but balancing and saving and stuff like that. So I think that when, when, when those things came into play, being a father and how to be responsible and saving and stuff like that and investing like that, that's really where I was like, okay, I get it now. Like I understand what was going on back then that I didn't have any business really even having to know about. Um, but he was taken care of on the back end. Great, great. You know, one of the things, yes, man, that I, I find, I know the word is interesting or fascinating is to see, you know, guys like yourself and other guys who we grew, went to college with around the same time now in that fatherhood mode. And we, we go back and you're someone who threw a lot of great events uh, at Hampton uh, during school and, and after those college years. But now you're in a different space, different stage in life. And I'm wondering how has fatherhood changed you uh, and your approach to life over the years? Um, well, you know, it's funny. Like I've, I've always told people, even back before I had LJ, my first, my first son, I was like, I, I, I felt like I wanted to have a lot of kids. So like, mm. I, I knew like when my son was born, I had a minivan. <laughs> like that was like, okay. like, like, it was crazy. like I always had that thought that, so I don't think, it, I don't think anything really changed. Um, cause it was something that I always wanted. And the, you know, the more I, I started being more around kids, the more I wanted to you know, be a father and, and be that number one father that everybody looked up to. Like a lot of people call me um, Uncle Daddy James, like Uncle Daddy Yancey. Like they, yeah, because it's just, I cling to it, you know, and I, and I, and, and I embrace it. Like I'm a basketball coach for three different teams, you know, so, um, you know, I have my nonprofit organization when I mentor kids. So like, I've always been that, that big brother, you know, daddy type figure. Um, so I don't think anything really changed in my thought. It's just a matter of, a matter of learning and, um, you know, like now dealing with, you know, preteens and teenagers, I think like that's something that's kind of new, but you know, the, the fatherhood part, I don't think anything really changed in, in my, in my, in my mind. So the, the desire to have a big family, where, where did that come from? Is that something you always just wanted to, to have in your life? Um, I'm, I'm the oldest of, um, five. Okay. Um, um, but in my household, I, when I graduate, when I left to go to Hampton, um, it's funny because my, my mother didn't have my, my, my sister until I was a senior at Hampton. So I, you know, I, okay. I wasn't there for, for the raising of my, my, uh, my youngest sister, but you know, I am the oldest of five at the end of the day. Um, you know, and, and a lot of it too, that does have to go with, you know, with, with being at Hampton as well. Like the, the, having the company and then having like, you know, 30 or 40, you know, college students, you know, with me and like everybody looking up to me. Like, I, I think, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Like I, I'm just used to being around a lot, you know, a lot of people and, you know, you know, being there, you know, people being there for each other, large families. I used to have family dinners, like, you know, mm-hmm. colleges on Sundays, like doing all those things, I think kind of just came, came natural. So I just think that, you know, having a large family just, you know, comes natural to me, I I, I guess. You know, like this, I just, I don't know. No. Sort of. Yeah, no, I totally understand. So you have a lot of projects, man, that you're, that you kind of touched on a little bit. I want to get into more in depth talking about those, um, a lot of projects centered around fatherhood. Talk about your, your books that you have and the motivation behind doing a lot of those 
those type of projects, um, some of them center around fatherhood and, and family in general. All right. So I'll, I'll give like the little, the little timeline um, with that. So basically, um, when it came to Straight Face Entertainment, um, I ended up rebranding the company a few years later to New Face, New Face mm-hmm. um, Entertainment Incorporated. Um, from there, um, I started um, an organization at ODU when I was at grad school uh, called Success Without Limitations, because at the time where, like I said earlier, we were giving out scholarships, having internship programs, we were raising money for battered women's shelters. Um, we ended up developing Success Without Limitations, which actually just put a name to the community endeavors that we were doing. So right. back then, I laid down the foundation for what it is that I do now, um, which is uh, New Face Management, LLC, where um, what I do is I help small businesses and, and students uh, uh, create their own um, businesses and, and get their legal entities together, whether it be an LLC or an incorporated business. Um, I showed them how to, you know, start establishing credit, um, looking, um, having your own bank accounts with the company, um, you know, different things like that, you know, whether it be social media, stuff like that, um, just kind of getting them the groundwork for their first, like, you know, 30 days or so. Um, and then along with that, uh, Successful Limitations is still active on ODU's campus, but I also create a national nonprofit organization, Successful Limitations, um, based off of the same goals um, and standards that we had. Um, back, you know, 10 or 12 years ago. So with the nonprofit organization, that's where, you know, the the basketball teams come into play, the mentorship, uh, all the things that I do within the community um, is all with Success Without Limitations. Uh, so, you know, currently, uh, well, actually, let's go back to, you know, so, so around 2018 with New Face Management, I realized that with the success that I had with the company, there were a number of people who worked with me either as my partner or interning with me that ended up being very successful in their respective rights. So, you know, we have people like DJ Tay James who through, through, mm-hmm. through new face ended up becoming Justin Bieber's DJ. Um, and now he's a uh, um, and and just, just uh, help um, do his whole uh, Justin Bieber's new album. Um, we right. Also, uh, Sharonda Lawson who interned with the company. Now she's an entertainment lawyer. Um, Sean Woodley, who was, you know, my big brother, but also um, was almost like my little brother with the company, um, you know, as a DJ and uh, marketing promoter. He's a, a major, he's a father, but he's also um, an educator, um, travels around the world, I mean, travels around the United States of teaching other educators. Um, so it was a number of different people that I felt like wanted, needed to tell their story to let us know as in a community, in a black community that, there's so much that happens in life in college that you need to give it a shot and you need to see what's going on out there. You need to leave home. You need to do certain things to, to better yourself. So I started the documentary, This Is Why You Go to College, mm-hmm. where I interviewed over 100 graduates that I used to work with in college. So from that, people kept telling me that I need to write a book. Like, And Sean was one of the first people to say, like, you know, you need to write a book. You need to write a book because... You know, people people may watch the interviews, but everybody learns differently. So um, from the documentary, I ended up writing the book. This is why you go to college, how to successfully graduate outside of the classroom and beyond, which basically is a, is a, a tool for high school seniors and college freshmen um, to understand and be prepared for their first two years in college where they can know based off of the experiences of myself and my peers, what they need to do to be successful outside of the classroom and what will help them to remain in college 
um, from that book, I had to I had to almost go back and create another book for preparing students for college. So then I wrote mm-hmm. a second book called This Is Why You Prepare for College, which um, gives all the tools for those like middle school students and, and high school students who don't know anything about college, who really don't have an idea of what college is all about. All they hear is go to college. That actually breaks everything down for them. So it goes down, you know, the, the application process, scholarships, internships, um, community service. Um, it goes it goes through everything that they need to do and understand what it takes to go to college and prepare for college. And then it also talks about, um, I talk about 10,000 hours in there, which I'm very big on, um, which a lot of students don't understand the dedication that it takes to do certain things, whether it be play sports or be a doctor, be a lawyer. Um, I go over 10,000 hours um, in both books, which talks about um, basically breaking down 10,000 hours over a 10 year span and how much time you need to dedicate to a particular uh, goal that you may have, uh, whether it be playing the piano, like I said, you know, being a basketball player, being a neurosurgeon. Um, so that, that's what those two books are about. Um, so that's, this is why I go to college. That's why I prepare for college. I just now finished up uh, one book called uh, Men Get Pregnant Too. Yeah. Which has which has a history in itself. Um, as you as you can tell, like I, I, I you know, I have a lot. I, I think a lot and a lot of stuff is based off of my personal experiences. So mm-hmm. when it came to men get pregnant too, pregnancy from life of a sperm, I actually wrote a journal for every single child that I had during the pregnancies. So, wow. So three out of the five, obviously, I was there for the whole nine months. So. Um, I was writing in the book all the way back from 2008 going into 2009 with with LJ, just everything that I was going through, everything that was happening, if I was losing weight, gaining weight, about my stress level, finances, you know, everything, just going over everything within within um, those nine months, and then you know about a year a year beyond. So what I did was I had the same name. If, if you look at my journal back from 2008, it was called Men Get Pregnant Too. So now. Fast forward to 2021, I took those journals and then I also interviewed other fathers and obviously went and did my research, read multiple books myself, um, read, you know, books with women in pregnancy. Um, there aren't that many books about men in pregnancy. So, you know, I, I was just reading all these books for women and put together my own book, which is a teaching tool for uh, first time fathers, second time fathers, fathers who don't really know what it means to be a father. And I, I broke the book down from 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 the minute you from learning how to put on a condom to you got a girl pregnant and month one to month nine going all the way up until uh, the first six weeks after after birth. Um, so that's men get pregnant too, pregnancy from life of a sperm. Awesome, that that that's awesome, man. And I encourage everyone to support all of uh, Yancey's projects, and we'll get the information on how you can get in touch and and buy and purchase his stuff uh, before we wrap up the podcast. But I'm listening to you talk, man, and I'm sure people who listen to this uh, episode will just ask the question I have. That's a lot of stuff you have going on on top of your responsibilities of being um, a husband and a dad. So how do you what's your time management work life balance? Like, how do you make all these things happen on top of the responsibilities you have at home? Everybody asking me that question. (laughs) We was like, how, how did you write? How did you write a whole book? Right. When when you have five kids, that's a lot, man. Yeah, um, it's interesting because you know how people say that when you're doing stuff for when you're doing stuff for fun and stuff you want to do, it's not really work. Um, yeah, that that's really the the way I look at it. Like 
I don't I don't go out like I, I feel like all the partying and stuff that I did in college like I I don't do that anymore. So yeah. so I I have early nights and early mornings. You know, like I you know I'm I'm pretty much you know I'm I'm in the bed putting putting my daughter to sleep. Um, you know by eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, everybody the mm-hmm. house is down. But then I'm the first one up. You know, so I wake up at you know six seven in the morning. Um, I'm 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 a stay at home dad as of right now. Um, but prior to, to that, over the past few months, you know, when I was working for the city, um, I was working, um, the midnight shift from last September. So I, I would say with this last book, I was doing a lot of writing and researching, um, you know, between first thing in the morning to, you know, when I have free time at work, I would just read, um, I, I would just say I cut out I cut out a lot of the the unnecessary things in my life that yeah being productive I'll, I'll probably put it like that yeah you know yeah. I, I don't go out don't play video games you know I just do the things that I want to do and the things I do for my children and and I'm happy with that yeah yeah and but at, at the same time and I have to ask you with, with everything you have going on and your ability to effectively you know time manage which is a which is a great thing where do you fit in time for for Yancey how do you check out from all the responsibilities and make sure your physical, your mental health is where it needs to be? Um, I like to work out. Okay. Um, I definitely like to work out. Um, like I said, you know, being, being home now, I've been preparing for, you know, moving a lot of, especially stuff with COVID. Um, I haven't been to the gym, um, since COVID hit. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of this right now is a transition. Um, prior to COVID, you know, I would definitely, you know, spend an hour or two in the gym. Um, the gym that I go to, which is, you know, LA Fitness, they have a kitty care. So it, it's not that hard for me to, you know, take my kids to the kitty care, go work out. You know, when I'm when the workout is done, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be back with the kids. Um, now, um, I have to adjust to um, having to work out at home, which is a, which is a little bit of a struggle. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work through that. Um, so I would say for myself, I would say that the 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 Yancey break I think would definitely be the the working out. Um, and I also look at you know okay writing and um, my my companies as as pleasure for myself as well because getting all this like, it's like a brain dump. You know, once I wrote this is why you go to college. Like I feel like I don't have to talk to people about all the stuff I did in college. Read my book. Yeah. You know. Read, yeah. Read the book and, and we can talk from there. Like. You know, being a father is like, you know, I put everything in the book. The book is 475 pages. So there's a lot of information in there where it's like, you know, if I feel like somebody wants to know about something, it's fully available for them to to, to hear my journey and, and hear the journeys of other fathers. So it kind of releases my brain. It, it, it takes the stress off of my brain um, because I feel like I've accomplished something that will be available for, for many other people to experience and, and learn from. Hmm. Hmm. So I got a sort of a two-part question um, for you. Um, I want you to talk about the intersection between being a business owner, entrepreneur, and, and fatherhood, where those two, two, three things meet. And and I guess a B part of that would be, what have you learned about yourself as a dad um, from these projects, from your businesses that, that you've been involved with? Um. All right. Well, the first thing, where, where is it, I guess, where is it all blend? Um, I definitely give that the same mindset that I have to to my kids. Um, 
you know, I talk about, you know, my, my, they, they're basically with a seventh, seventh grade, sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade. And then, you know, obviously the baby, mm-hmm. you know, from seventh grade down to fifth grade or fourth grade. Um, I talk to them about entrepreneurship. I talk about owning their own things. Um, I, you know, when I see them watching videos on YouTube and I see how many subscribers the, the person that they're watching, how many views they have, I tell them like, you know, listen, you guys are making them money. You know, like you're, what you're doing right now, you're making them money and you're sitting, allowing it to happen. Like, what are you doing to make money? You know, like, so I think that on, on that level, um, I definitely bring that mindset to them. Um, I created uh, the, my fourth book, which allows for all of my children to be first time authors. Um, F, mm-hmm. F is for family. Um, is an ABC book that they created. They um, they picked the the word the word association with the letters. Um, my sister, who I spoke about earlier, she's a junior in high school now. She did all the illustrations, um, so it, it'll be for her for opportunity to be a first time illustrator. Um, so those are the things that I've I've kind of like blended in with the family and the entrepreneurial mind, um, and being an author uh, to to my children and to my family. Um, and what, what was the second part? Yeah, no, I was uh, you. T- you sort of answered it, but I was wondering what have you learned about yourself as a dad, uh, if anything, through the process of writing the books, um, as well as running running your your, your companies. Um, I would definitely say that uh, I, I I know that some of the things that I wrote in the Men Get Pregnant Two book and that I've learned from writing, um, I need to start applying more in my personal life because um, you know I was looking at the ups and downs and some of the things that I've could have did better, um, rather be, you know, just basic preparing, um, you know, fathers obviously take on a big financial responsibility. So like mm-hmm. those, those things, um, from writing and researching, um, allowed me to think about myself and reflect and be like, all right, I can do this differently. Or, you know, in the event I do have another child, I could be better prepared, um, because I wrote the book. And then the same thing with, you know, this is why you go to college. My kids are going to high school soon. So I have them reading, you know, this is why you prepare for college. And then, you know, that that allows me to talk to them. And, you know, they're just amazed at the fact that I wrote a book because they, they, they're required to write books. So that, so that yeah. for them to look at their father as an author is a great thing, too, because then they can see, like, you know, I can do this, too. Like, you know, you're looking at a name on an author's book and it's, it's you know, it's, it's the merchant name, you know. Um, so I think I think that was, you know, something that was big um, that that helps me. Um, in my growth. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking to Yancey Merchant today on the Fatherhood Podcast, and I want to talk a little bit about um, how you effectively navigate the blended family dynamic. Um, a lot of fathers who listen to this podcast and moms too, you know, uh, especially around our age, are in blended families, maybe come from blended families, they have remarried or something uh, like that, something to that effect. But how do you manage and how do you navigate dynamic in your life? Um, it's definitely, it's definitely not, uh, not easy. <laughs> okay. It's, it's not an easy thing. Um, you know, having, having my, my first, you know, my biological two, um, you know, having, you know, like a split, split week situation and, you know, the weekends and, you know, cause I'm, I'm not a every other weekend father when it comes to, to those two, like I have them, you know, just as much as, you know, my, my ex-wife does. So, um, that makes it, you know, it's, it's good and bad, you know, cause you have to deal with the, you know, how she runs her house, how I run my house, mm-hmm. and, you know, obviously there's, there's never going to be the exact same thing cause we'll still be married, you know? So <laughs> she runs her house, <laughs> she runs her house her way. I run my house, my, my way. Yeah. 
And then the kids had to deal with that as well, you know, and then they, they're getting older. Um, having to deal with, you know, my, my, my other two, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the majority father in, in, in their lives, you know, and having to see them grow and, you know, preparing them for, you know, sports and life. And then also having to manage that with my current wife, because she has a certain viewpoint of certain things that, you know, I may not agree with, but we're married, you know, so we have to come to that, to that common ground on, on, uh, you know, whether it be picking the right school or should, should he play lacrosse? Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, you know, it, it go, it, it's, it's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. Um, cause I didn't even go into the scheduling cause the scheduling itself mm. is just insane. Um, having to navigate, you know, you know, having the, the newborn with you at all times. Yeah. Still having to go to practices. You got practices every day, games every, you know, on the weekends. Um, you know, obviously some of the games don't, don't mesh well. You know, we got one game in one part of New York, another game in Pennsylvania, you know, you know, kids, you know, kids are starting to travel now with AAU. So stuff is just, it's, it's, it's not easy, but we make it work. You know, I'd love to see your calendar, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I mean, just to give you an example, over the over the next, I'm gonna give you an example over the next 14 days. So, mm-hmm. w- one of my children play lacrosse. His practice is on Mondays and Fridays for lacrosse. Then um, the other one, two of them play football. Their practice is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then um, LJ, my my son, he plays just basketball. Um, mm-hmm. and, and his practices are Monday through Friday. And then two of them play basketball together, LJ and the other oldest, Adrian. So now that's that's just during the week. And then Chloe has dance, modeling. Sheesh. She wants to play basketball whenever she wants. Like, it's just, her schedule yeah. is, is separate, but then it kind of, you know, flows in too because she, like, she wants to play basketball with her brothers. Then when it comes to this weekend in particular, the two, the two basketball players have an AAU tournament in Connecticut. We live in New York. And then the, the younger boy has – um, a lacrosse game on Sunday. So how are we going to get to Connecticut for AAU and then make it back for a lacrosse game in Connecticut? Like that right there, we already know it's going to be an issue. Yeah, yeah. Do this. Well, I, I applaud you, my man. You know, I believe in, in giving flowers to fellow fathers who are doing that thing. You definitely are doing that. And uh, just, you know, just observing on, on social media, it just looks like everything is going seamless. So I really um, – you know, you're doing a great job, man. If no one has told you that lately. Yeah, appreciate it, man. So, so, so positive. challenges, we kind of kind of touch you. Obviously, you know, scheduling presents a challenge. But over the course of your fatherhood journey, low points, have, have there been some low points where you just kind of, you know, have, have struggled through, th- through some things as a father? Whatever you, you were willing to share about some, some challenges and low points in your fatherhood journey. Well, um... You know, like I said, you know, have having to deal with, you know, um, split time with, you know, with two of the children, having to having to deal with differences in the household. I think that, that that's one of the, you know, the, the lower points of because I have, you know, I have a vision and I, I have plans for all of my children, you know, where I'm thinking five or six years ahead, uh, ahead, ahead of now. Um well, I think a low point of that is having to navigate through that and, and then accepting the fact that things aren't going to be 100 percent the way you want them. But and it's not the children's fault. You know, it's also, you know, it's the fault of the parents that, you know, we didn't work out our marriage. So now I have to 
do things that I may not want to do, but she may want to do, you know, and then, mm-hmm. I, you know, and sometimes, you know, no answer is the wrong answer. So you have, some, you know, you know, one parent that wants to do something for the children, have a, a plan set for them. And then, you know, another parent does and then having to navigate through that is very difficult, you know, so, you know, and it's ongoing. I want to say it's a, a low point is just having to get through it because at the end of the day, I can have five kids, but I'm a first time teenage father. Right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've never dealt with having a, you know, teenage children. So yes, managing my youngest may be seamless, but now it's my first time managing a 13 year old and a 12 year old and them having their own feelings and opinions and having their own things going on where I got to adjust my life to what, what they want, not to what I want, you know? So, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a low point. It's just, you know, it's just having to constantly readjust because every, every one of my children's personalities are different and they're, you know, they're growing. Um, so just having to deal with that is, um, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to the point, you know, for me having a, uh, two and a half year old, having a group of guys in my network who I can reach out to who have gone through that and, or who have, you know, kids around the same age, um, uh, is definitely an important thing. I know Sean, we talked about Sean. He's someone I, I rely on in terms of, uh, you know, hey, how did you do this with, with, with your son? You know, what should I do when, when Emery does this or that? So do you have that network? I know some, some of your, your frat brothers have kids and some people in your circle have kids. Do you have a network of people you, re- you rely on for advice aside from your stepdad? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, um, I mean like you said, you have, have you know, Sean. I mean, I, I mean for, for the most part, I was the first one to have a child out of out of the circle, and then I, you know, I was also one of the first ones to be divorced. Um, hmm. So you know, so now you know, dealing with uh, being divorced and remarried, I'm kind of like the first one in in within our you know our Hampton group to kind of deal with all of that. But at the same time, I I, I I lean on them for 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 a lot of things as well. Like I have you know um, Derek Taylor, um, mm-hmm. Sean as well. Um, Howard Crumpton, um, you know, he has a, he has, he, he has a, a similar blended family that I have as well. He has his children. Then he also had, he, he was married into, um, an older son that's a, as a junior in high school. So me and him talk often about, you know, the whole teenage situation and, you know, giving them space. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have, I, you know, I would say like the, you know, my, the Hampton family, you know, the Hampton network is, um, um, the Hampton father network is, um, is important in my life as well. Um, you know, when it comes to, you know, just talking things out and just having somebody just to, to talk to, like, you know, would, yeah. you, would you believe I had to do this today? Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the, the experience, you find that the experiences are very similar. I mean, sometimes you think you're on an island, you're dealing with some things by yourself, but then you talk to someone and say, yep, I went through that a couple of years ago or a few months ago. So it's definitely uh, a, a valuable thing to have some guys um, who are doing the right thing and can help you out. A um, couple more questions for you, man. Then we'll, then we'll wrap up. You, uh, you're talking about having a almost teenager, so you're close to 13 uh, years in the game. Looking back and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give Yancey, the first time father? Um, first time father, um, I would definitely say, um, you know, read my book. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> I would say, you know, read my book. Um, let them know that I'm there if you have any questions. Um, you know, when my boys, you know, put their baby announcements on and so sonograms and, you know, uh, baby deliveries, I always give them, give them a quick DM. Like, yo, listen, like, if you got any questions, let me know. Um, mm-hmm. I tell every father 
um, to take night duty. Um, that, mm, that, yep. That's something that I've, like, every time before my book, I've always told every father, like, listen, take night duty. And the reason why I would say that is because, one, um, you got to develop that bond with your child. Um, you know, the mother has had the child, you know, in her body for nine months, you know, by, but by you taking night duty, you have that, that, that closeness with your child, you know, that bond while, you know, while you're allowing for your wife to actually get some rest. Yeah. Um, you can also bond with your child as well. Um, you know, for, you know, close to a year where she would, you know, he or she will rely on you, you know, while she's sleeping, while she's resting to, to feed her, to change her, um, to hold her. Um, I think that's very important in the in the father process of of, of being a man and being a father, um, because you develop that bond, um, you know, right out right out the womb, you know. Right, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, so that that's definitely like one of the number one things I, I I will always continue to tell first time fathers, and then, you know, I got the book, so you know, read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, how have you evolved as a dad? What are some things maybe that you did? Um, with LJ that you may not do now or, or vice versa, some things that maybe you didn't do um, back then when you had your son that um, you do now, or maybe some, some thoughts and views on your approach. How, how have you evolved as a whole? Um, I would definitely say now um, that I'm very more, uh, you know, with, with my daughter now, with the newborn. Hold on one second. What's okay? What time is what though? My interview? Like a couple more minutes. What's up, Lee? We're going to go to the store. You're going to go to the store? All right. All right. I got you. Go do, go do your classwork. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> apologize. I apologize. No, good, man. That's, 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 that's reality. That's what we try to get the people. Yeah. He, he, he let me ride. He let me live for 36 minutes. <laughs> can't be mad at that. All right. So, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. What was the We're talking about evolution as a, as a dad. Right. So, I would definitely say that I, I've I've developed a much better patience, and I and I wouldn't even say, and this is just as you know as a whole as a man, you know, my patience at at twenty seven is much different from what it is at thirty seven. So I, so I think that now understanding, um, the patience that comes with, you know, having a newborn and having to take your time, and you know, if you if you used to getting up and running out the house. You know, when you have a five year old, when you got that newborn, you got to add 20 or 30 minutes onto it. So um, or you have no children at all. You probably got to add an hour because you're not even used to mm-hmm. at that pace with a child. Um, so I've learned that and I've understood that more now. Um, I will also say that, you know, even dealing with my, you know, my partner, um, you know, my wife, Dana, and, you know, even my ex-wife. So I, I would think that the patience thing is is a, is much better in the understanding, you know, like you know, having to deal with, um, it's my first time dealing with a C-section, um, mm-hmm. you know, with, with my wife, um, last year. So, um, you know, just seeing that, you know, and, and, and understanding that, you know, she needs my help more than my daughter needed my help, um, at, you know, um, right out the hospital. Um, I think and just the understanding, you know, and, and I think that did come with age and it also came with maturity. Um, so I think the patience would probably be just the number one thing. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's great, man. Um, one of the things I always ask the fathers who come on the show, especially those who have sons, and in your case, um, it's kind of a, a dual question as you have a daughter. Um, everything, we, we obviously know what's going on in the world with uh, social justice issues and police brutality. With you as a son, especially one who is of age now, um, who I'm sure, you know, 
gets out of the house from time to time. How do you or will you approach that conversation with him? And on the flip side, how will you talk to your daughters about some of the things that they'll have to deal with um, as they grow older and become young women in the world? How, how are you approaching that? Okay, so um, the, my, my oldest one just turned 13 yesterday. Um, LJ just turned 12. Um, on March 28th. So, you know, I, I, I definitely talked to them about, you know, they, like I said, you know, the 10 year old just came and asked to go to the store. Um, mm-hmm. And normally if he had his older brothers there, he would have just went on his own. So just that right there is just an example. Yeah. All right. So you know that you can't go by yourself. You need to bring your older brothers with you. And I, and, and I, I always prefer for them to be in groups together. So like, you know, the three or four and the working together as opposed to one being alone. Um, so, yeah. so I teach them that and I've taught them that from, from the very beginning, you know, protect each other, be there for each other, you know, don't be out in public arguing with each other. Don't let people see you divided. Um, I talked to them about not walking with their cell phones. You know, a couple of times I taught my, um, I, I caught my older son coming cause he, he's the only one that commutes right now because, of, um, you know, with COVID. So he's the only one that, that has in school learning. Mm-hmm. So last year prior to COVID, you know, I would I would sit and kind of watching the cut, see if he gets off the bus with his head down, with his with his phone down, um, you know, looking into his phone. So I you know I'll catch him, take his phone right right from him, like see how quickly that can happen, you know. So, yeah. You know when it, when it comes to, you know, being with the wrong crowds or you know seeing the wrong crowds, minding your business, getting out the park, get you know getting away from you know wherever the negativity is, just you know minding your business, getting away from it, um, being respectful to authority, um. You know, so th- those are the type of things that we talk about. And then as the days go on, it's, like I said, it's a learning process because I'm a first time teenage father. So like just dealing with the every day and, and constantly updating them and then also updating my, my the teams that I coach because they're all, you know, 13 years old now. And like I've, I've seen them change. So I had to constantly talk to them, you know, along with my sons about, you know, you can't do this out in the street. You, you, like, you, you, you can't talk this way. You can't be screaming and cursing. Like you can't bring attention to yourself. So like, those are the things that I talk to my 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 um the kids that I coach too. So, you know, it's it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday thing now. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. The last question, man. We'll we'll wrap up. Um, obviously, I and I appreciate you joining me and sharing all these gems with you and letting the people know about the projects you have going on. Just a simple question: What advice would you give to 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 young fathers who are just just getting started, based on your experiences, things you've observed, things you learned over the years? What is that one jewel that you would drop? uh for a new father um don't be afraid to talk um don't be afraid to ask questions um if if you know somebody who is a father um within your network um reach out to them and and ask questions you know like don't don't think that you're the only person excuse me don't think that you're the only person going through this like that that's that's the one of the one of the things i I want fathers to understand that this fatherhood thing's been going on for years you know, and, right. and it's evolving now, I would say, you know, in our society where fathers are stepping up a lot more. So um, embrace that and, and look for Look for that, you know, look for um, this social media. There's so much social media out there where, you know, fathers are open to um, giving advice um, and don't take everyone, everyone's individual advice for, 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 for gold, for gold information, because they're talking mm-hmm. experience. So, you know, get multiple people's advice and see what's consistent and then see what works for you. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely what I would say is, um, you know, don't, you know, cause we as men have so much pride, you don't want to, sometimes you don't want to speak up or say that something is wrong or have a question about something. So definitely open up and, you know, be, be open and, and, and talk. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great advice. And before I let you go, tell people 
where they can find you on social media, how they can purchase your books, um, any information people need to know in terms of how to get in touch with you. All right. So, um, you know, social media is the thing now. So, you know, my, my social media handle is um, Daddy New Face. Very easy. Um, uh, Daddy New Face. You know, I don't even have to spell that out. And then uh, <laughs> um, all information about college, mentorship, everything college is on um, This Is Why Doc um, uh, on Instagram. Um, this Is Why D-O-C. And then my website is um, uh, www.thisiswhydoc.com. So it's, it's very easy, very easy to find me. Um, I'm, I'm fully available when it comes to anything college, anything fatherhood, parenting, mentorship. I'm fully available to, uh, to anybody who, who wants to listen. Awesome, man. My man, thank you so much for joining me on the Fatherhood Podcast. All right. Thank you very much, bro. I want to thank my man Yancey for joining me on the show today. And as always, thank you for listening. You can find the Fatherhood Podcast on all major DSPs, including iTunes and Spotify. On social media, be sure to like the Fatherhood Podcast page on Facebook and follow the Fatherhood Podcast page on Instagram at the Fatherhood Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Jamar Hudson, and this is the Fatherhood Podcast.